There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. to the Birds Over Boys podcast. I'm your host, Cody, Birds Over Boys, along with my co-host, Ross. What up, guys? How's everyone doing this beautiful Saturday? It's uh, it's snowing everywhere here today. Uh, it's yeah. icy. It's snowing. Uh, this reminds me of the snowball game back in 2013 against the Lions. That was uh, That was such a fun game. That was fun. I went to a bar. I went to a bar and watched that. I could barely walk. I almost busted my ass like three times <laughs> getting over there. But I got over there because, of course, you know, Living in Virginia and D.C. area, you don't get the game. So I had to go to a bar to go and do it, and I sacrificed life and limb to do it. So I was a little boy. I was too underage. So if I was in the bar, I probably uh, – yeah, I would have gotten a snowball, I guess. <laughs> Not in the bar that I was in. It was kind of questionable. But... <laughs> Anyways, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, first, we'll start off with uh, Connor Barron. Was, um, he's brought back to the organization today, and uh, – not as a player this time around. He's actually – he got hired as the special assistant to the general manager. I was about to say the, the regional manager assistant, whatever. <laughs> office reference. I keep bringing up the office. You got to – if you don't watch the office – Hey, I, you got to do an office reference. Uh, now you got to do an office reference every single episode, Cody. Now you do. Yes, I now do. You do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> oh, the turntables. Okay, so Connor Barron was hired as the special assistant to the general manager, Howie, uh, to how uh, general our own general manager, Howie Roseman. So basically, this job entitles um, he'll be scouting, um, helping. He'll be looking at uh, college players. He'll be looking at free agents. He'll be working alongside with Howie Roseman. Uh, and then when when the players are back, you know, with uh, training and workouts, he'll be working with the developmental players, and you know, just helping us succeed overall so it's uh it's an undervalued position underrated underrated position so it's kind of nice to see him back in a way i I wish he i wish he was coming back playing but i don't think i don't think like he was saying he's in the shape to play anymore he also didn't he just have another kid didn't he just like i saw his pictures on his instagram he 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 had one kid and all of a sudden another kid popped up so i'm not exactly sure if he had another kid or not that could that could be i'm not sure that could be another thing, the fact that he's now trying to be a father. So Yeah, but I, I respect him for coming back, and it sounds great. And, I'm, and if I'm not mistaken, I think this is something uh, – I think this is almost the same role as Brian Dawkins had in mm-hmm. uh, 2016, uh, 2017. He was more – if I remember correctly, because I just read an article about it, I think he was more front office, like like higher up. I don't think mm-hmm. he was doing much scouting, though I could be wrong. Whatever it is, I mean, it, it's nice. To, it's nice to have our players come back, like players we all. Oh, love yeah. them. I don't think anyone actually hated Connor Barron. 
I'm sure there oh, was some I loved him. criticism when he was playing bad, but that's normal Philadelphia fans. You know, we're going to criticize you when you're doing bad. He was that's just he how was, it is. He never played bad. He was just always solid. Like he would play great, but then sometimes he would just play okay. But he never sucked. He never. He was never. No. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna kern this. Uh, uh, I'm gonna define this term. He was never Aguilar. <laughs> He was never Aguilar. It wasn't like he was phenomenal, and then he was an absolute terrible player, yeah. and then he was like phenomenal, and then an absolute. And just for the player. fans, we're not saying Aguilar was ever phenomenal. Just for the fans, we were never saying that he was that good. Now let's give him <laughs> let's give him the benefit. Uh, as I didn't really want to talk about Aguilar too early, but I just <laughs> into it. Oh, God, Aguilar, Aguilar, man. <laughs> we hate Aguilar. I'm sorry. We I think this is like the third episode Aguilar. that we've talked about him a little bit. I so want to we'll... thank. I want to let's start this off before we get into uh let's let before we dig into some uh recent skeletons before we dig up that grave. Uh, I want to thank I want to thank Nelson Aguilar for you know his contributions during the Super Bowl season. You know he he did he did a good job. He did a good job during the Super Bowl season. He stepped up when we needed him. He put up some good stats. He helped us. He helped us win our very first Super Bowl. And he'll always have a place in some tiny part of my heart in that area. But for now, with this season, the way he played was just you. You give oh, you give people disgusting. too much benefit of the doubt, Cody. I you do. do. You do. I do. I don't. I don't. I hate him. Go kick your kick rocks. Get out of my franchise. Get out of my team. Go. Well, that's the, that's where I'm getting to. Thank you, Nelson Aguilar, for helping us win our very first Super Bowl. But, I mean, should I go along thanking the practice squad players that year, too? Well, the ones that weren't brought up because of injuries I mean, and such. They, they played better than he did. I'd probably, I'd probably thank them more than Nelson Aguilar. So, Nelson Aguilar, <laughs> there is a 99.9% chance he is gone, which is – he's off in my books. There is no way in hell the Eagles bring him back. If they fired Mike Groh and they fired Carson Welch and, and Philip Daniels, and we'll get to that – um, there's no way Nelson Aguilar is, is coming back. It's gone. He's goner. He's gone. Say, say your goodbyes. He'll end up, he'll end up on some, uh, Oh, he could end up on an NFC East team. You know, that actually is interesting. Where do you think he could end up? I don't know. I don't care. Just as long as he, uh, he's off my team. <laughs> he can't, he's not Philly made guys. He's gone. No, he's a he, goner. Bye bye. Anyways, but that's enough for Aguilar. <laughs> We've given yeah, him six minutes. We, we don't want to give him enough stream time. He's gone. He's over with. I hope this is the last time we ever speak him of again. Yeah, it's hard. That, that, that's it's it. hard. It's gone. Well, no, we're going to have to speak about him one more time when, when he's officially with another team. So Okay. When he's officially with another team, and then eventually when he plays against us and, like, drops the game-winning ball, and then we all start rejoicing and crying, and just, Aguilar, he dropped it. Not like Aguilar. Okay, so um, actually yesterday, uh, the Eagles fired the defensive line coach, uh, Philip Daniels. Uh, he was with the Eagles for about four years. He played a, a different uh, – he was in different coaching positions every year. Um, he stated that uh, – it seemed like it, that they left off on a good note. Um, uh, Daniels stated, I'm proud of what we accomplished as a defensive line and even prouder of what we accomplished uh, this season against all odds. Thank you to Mr. Lurie and the entire Eagles organization. So it, it was nice, but it was definitely – a change uh, the Eagles had to make. Yep. Yep. We went from top five in sacks to I think 15th or 14th. I can't remember under Daniels. So, so it was, in it 2018, was the Eagles actually led the league in most sacks at uh, 36 and a half. Um, I hate saying that half stat. It makes me uh, 
makes me uncomfortable. Just round it. 36. <laughs> it's 36.5. Um, and then the Eagles dropped two. Actually, they they held their, they held their ground. They actually had 33 uh, sacks in 2019, but it wasn't too bad considering you know you know Malik Jackson went down early in the season. So that that was a big loss to our our line. But again, it's one of those changes that this team had to move uh, make, and we're going to move on from it, and we're going to find a better coaching candidate. You know, in in Howie and in Lori and in Doug Peterson, we trust. So. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Ross, what are other uh, coaching vacancies at the moment? Uh, so we have the DB coach, and then we have the offensive coordinator, and then you mentioned Daniels, um, and then the wide receivers coach. I didn't. I, I previously mentioned this a little bit uh, last uh, episode that we haven't had a continual wide receivers coach in the past four years. Every four years, all four years of Doug Peterson's. We've had a different coach, wide receivers coach, and I'm all about stability. And I really think that this next wide receivers coach, whoever he is, um, needs to be on the team for at least minimally four years to get some continuity here because it's obviously affecting the Eagles into a sense. Now, of course, we can't um, we can't contribute injuries to coaching, but at the same time, it's kind of eye opening that all the coaches are here for a standard number of years, but the wide receiver coaches have been able to like, you know, stick with us. So I don't know if that's like a trend. I don't know if that's like we devalue the coaching position. I don't know, but we need four years. And then I was happy. I was happy Corey Underland left. I was really happy Corey Underland left. I really felt like he was not, he wasn't teaching anything in terms of the DBs. Like Jalen Mills took like four and a half years to not get beat by the, double by the double move so i'm glad he's gone um and then grow see you later grow bye kick rocks see ya and then when it comes to carson welch as the as the wide receivers coach like you said every you know four years four different changes to that position um it's just one of those things again that even though this team could have stuck with that person i'm glad they're gone and, and it's just another change that 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 needed to be made. So you've just had a problem with that wide wide receiver position for years. And, you know, Carson Wentz is going on his, his, um, his fifth season now. So Mm -hmm. this is a very pivotal year with how we're going to develop our next round. You know, how, how JJR Saga Whiteside is going to develop, you know, how Deshaun Jackson, the veteran leader is going to lead this, lead this team, how Alshon Jeffrey, if, if he doesn't get cut, you know, I, I I believe he stays. I Um, I think he stays. Yeah, I think he stays because there's a lot of uh, there's dead there's dead money in that situation. So this is a very pivotal year, and we whoever we hire, you know, let's let's just pray it is someone phenomenal at that position because a lot of people, you know, we underrate these positions and and they they go very important. These these they're working with the players every practice, every day. They're communicating with them. They're helping these players develop, and these um these are very undervalued positions that people need to pay closer attention to. I'm hoping for Heinz Ward. <laughs> when I saw that news broke, I was like, please hire him. Please. That man is that man is something uh he brings toughness. He brings just an absolute just nastiness to the wide receiver position. Um you can look up I went to go ahead and looked up on YouTube Heinz Ward's highlights and you see him cracking people just as many times as he's making in spectacular catches. So it was I was like, yes, please <laughs> bring him to Philly. He worked with the Jets. He worked with the Jets offense uh, last season. 
uh, you know, give it, the Jets didn't really have much of it. They had a very inconsistent offense, but you can't put the blame on him for that. I mean, no. they, they don't have they, they they're they're in a developmental. They're not necessarily they're getting out of that that rebuild stage, but they're in those awkward years where, you know, it's just going to take time for that team to be good again. I mean, I could be wrong. They, they, they could step up next year and, and be much better with Sam Darnold. And they uh, have a good, they have a good piece in the quarterback. It's just, I'm not exactly sure whether or not Adam Gase is the head coach to teach Darnold. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a big fan of Adam Gase, but neither am I. Uh, neither am I. So but- that brings me, that brings me to who the high, uh, who the next hire is going to be for the Eagles offensive coordinator position. Now, people are speculating left and right. I mean, there's there's job candidates going down, um, you know, left and right. I'm so, going to change my opinion, by the way, Cody. I'm going to change my okay. opinion. We had what are you changing your opinion on? We had we had a conversation about this off air, uh, oh, yeah? about the offensive coordinator position, and I commented on your Instagram about a run first offensive coordinator. Now, what scared me is that Tim is what is his name? I can't remember even his name. Graham Harrell from USC. Graham Harrell from USC is an air raid type offensive coordinator, which means that we're going to run less than we should again. So I'm honestly going to change my opinion. I'm going to say Deuce Daly for offensive coordinator. I would take that. I am with I am with you 100 percent on that. I would love that. I, I, I've, 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 I'd like Deuce Daly for offensive coordinator. Because originally I was like, oh, I don't know if I should give it to him. But then I was like, sometimes it's just like, I don't want, I, I mean, I'm sure Graham Harrell is great, is a great, it would be a great candidate for offensive coordinator, but we can't be focusing on the pass way too much. I mean, we have Miles Sanders, we have Jordan Howard for now. So I do want him resigned. Well, that's the only um, issue. So Deuce Staley, you know, is the is the running backs coach, and uh, um, I was about to say the special assistant to re- <laughs> that's stuck in my head. Deuce Staley. Staley is the uh, is the assistant uh, the assistant head coach. Um, yeah. So he, you know, he's helping Doug Peterson, uh, and and he's um, he's helping our, our running backs develop. Miles Sanders, uh, Jordan Howard. He, you know, he's worked with uh, Corey Clement, Boston Scott. Um, so it's, I, I don't want to – I'd be fine with Deuce Daly as offensive coordinator. You know, that's originally – that was my original pick. So if that does go that route, I, I, I'm completely content. Now, the other – the other the only other person that I see is the best replacement right now, which I'm surprised the Eagles haven't pulled the trigger on it, which is a little, little concerning, which, you know, why I believe it may not happen at this point is uh, Jim Caldwell. So if you pull it up, Jim Caldwell's worked with Peyton Manning, you know, two-time Super Bowl MVP – um, a four-time oh, first-team All-Pro. Uh, he's been se- seven times in the Pro Bowl with that. Joe Flacco. He worked with him. He had uh, 14 touchdowns, zero picks on 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 route to the Super Bowl MVP uh, back in uh, 2013. And then he worked with Matthew Stafford, who had his when he worked with Matthew Stafford had his only uh, Pro Bowl pr- appearance um, and two of his three playoff appearances. So. He has a long resume of working with the, you know, helping his well. Imagine if he worked with Carson Wentz. What, you know, Carson Wentz has developed into a phenomenal quarterback and he, he stayed healthy all year. So imagine if he had someone like Jim Caldwell to work with, offensive yeah. coordinator, because Jim Caldwell is not going to be playing, uh, calling the plays. Doug Peterson's calling that, but is, is he willing, is he willing to give up that, that position of not calling the plays? That's why I think this Eagles team is struggling by finding an offensive coordinator at the moment. And that's the key. And I don't think, and, I, and if I remember correctly, Jim Caldwell called his plays in every single 
um, position that he was in in the NFL. So I don't know. I don't know if that's – and I've also heard on different reports that Jim Caldwell is kind of like back and forth with it. He's 50-50 on whether or not he wants to take a position somewhere because he wasn't in the league last year, was he? I don't think he was. I'd have to double check that. I don't think he was. I don't think he was in the league. I think he once he was outed as the uh, the Indianapolis uh, Colts head coach. I think he hasn't been in the league since. And I think he's kind of gotten. I think he, if I'm correct, I think he's kind of gotten comfortable without. He actually, he actually see this is this is where things disappear. So, and um, he was the head coach for the Lions from 2014 to 2017, mm-hmm. and then I believe in 2018 he took a little bit of a gap year, and then 2019 assistant head coach and quarterbacks coach for for Miami. Miami. Yes. The Miami Dolphins cannot make that up at the moment. Yeah. I don't, that one up. I don't know if the, I don't know if he would want to even want to try to work but his head coaching record. He's 62 and 50 in the postseason. He's two and four. He's uh he's been in the NCA, you know? Yeah. Terrible, I don't know. Terrible record in the NCA, but I mean, he's carried over to, I, I think a, a great, a great uh, coaching career in the NFL. And, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I would, I wouldn't be unhappy with that, but as you said before, I would rather do Staley. It would be my first pick would be do Staley, and my second overall pick for, would be Jim Caldwell. And by the or, way, Cody did not influence this, this this situation. I just started thinking about it. <laughs> He's not that good as a negotiator. I I <laughs> I I secretly, you no, know you how it goes. I no, secretly influence people through through my Instagram post. No, you didn't. No, you my didn't. Instagram post. Some no, people some people call to me and say. Oh my god! I'm telling my friends this and that, and I was like, "Hey, you sound just like me when you're arguing." You're like, oh, and I'm brainwashing. I'm brainwashing some of the Eagles fans, but in a good way. In a good way. I, I uh, obviously I'm going to believe whatever I say is a good thing. I mean, if I if I didn't, I wouldn't be saying it unless I was being paid right. to skip Bailey. <laughs> oh god, yeah, skip it. Well, <laughs> let's not get left. Yeah. Ugh. Um. So the DB coach. Um, I don't think we should get a DB coach because we have uh, Tim Hawk as our defensive, as our safeties coach. And he played um, 15 of his 28 career starts with Brian Dawkins. So he knows the safety position. He knows the corner position. He knows the secondary as a whole. And I really feel like we shouldn't just, I feel like NFL teams kind of have like this. Okay. We got to have a position coach for every single position. Streamline it a little bit. Let Tim Hawk control the corners and the safeties so that they can work and kind of congel together in terms of chemistry. I don't. What do you think about that, Code? I'm fine with that. You know, I like I like to see chemistry built within the organization. So, was we had that with some games we had we had where the safeties weren't talking to the corners, like the one against the Vikings where we got smashed, and that two in those two go routes. And all of a sudden you see McClell just drop down into coverage and then it was just two or drop down into like the middle of the field. And then you just saw both Thielen and uh, what's his name? Can't remember his other, the other guy's name. Uh, just go up the field and then just nothing. So it's Stefan Diggs or yeah, uh, Kyle Diggs. Rudolph. Okay. Diggs. So Diggs. Yeah. And then you see, you see Rodney McLeod chasing behind as uh, I, I, if, if I do recall, don't beat me up if I'm wrong on this guys, I think it was Razul Douglas as well in the coverage. Mm-hmm. And it, it was either that or someone else. And then you see Rodney McLeod and it, it, it's very hard to pick up on this because you have to, you have to play it in such a slow frame rate on YouTube to catch it. 
And, and, and the only reason why I know is Roddy McLeod because he was wearing the, the pink cleats or someone was wearing the pink cleats. That's how I differentiate them from Rodney McLeod and Malcolm Jenkins because it was very blurry and hard to see in the fast frame. But you see Rodney McLeod trying to catch it from behind. And like you said, that's because of the play calling right there when he should have been yeah, he I should have been deeper up on the field. But like, secondary, especially to me, um, uh, it's got to be instinctive. Like you can't really that there there are certain it, it, the offense is going to go against your instincts. They're they're going to attack your instincts number one. So if you start seeing a s- certain coverage or certain play pre snap, and then all of a sudden you go, um, all of a sudden you go down, and then you get beat, you're not you're not playing with coverage you're playing by repetition like you're like okay i gotta go drop down here no that's not how you play and so i think there was a disconnect between undelin and hawk and then the corners and then the safeties respectively which really put it, it killed us well, how the play how the plays how the plays were, were were turning out obviously that is the case there's no other there's no other explanation for it you know if if you study the plays, it's clear it's clear as day that that you know you can lead to it that. Was, that. And that I also got to give, I also got to give some blame to, to Schwartz because the one man single high coverages that we kept on doing, like I understand that you want to kill us that killed that, us that you want to stop the run, but there are different ways to do it, and a lot of people we we talked about this a little bit on the on on the phone. Um, there are different formations by which you can stop the run and you don't have to run nickel all the damn time. You don't have to run nickel all the damn time. You could have run dime with no linebackers and just had Jenkins in the center, in the middle linebacker position, and then have all corners. People do that all the time. The Green Bay Packers are at, were, uh, excuse me. Um, the Green Bay Packers did it the first three games, the first, no, First four games of the season. Well, nickel coverage would kill us with, with players such as Amari Cooper, Adam Thielen, um, yeah. all, all, Julio Jones. I mean, and I it, get it. it. Killed us all There's plenty of examples of that that you can pull up. I get it. Like I totally understand that that Sports had wanted four D linemen down, and people people in the comments, especially on your Instagram page, were like, "Well, we shouldn't have four down linemen all the time." And I'm like, "But that's kind of how the D. That's kind of how Sports plays it. It's more so the linebackers." We have nobody except for Bradham. So if you're going to devalue the linebackers, then why are you putting more linebackers on the field if you're devaluing them? Start running more dime. Start running more nickel. Start running more um, – I can't remember even uh, – take take a D lineman off and do three down linemen and then have, you know, God, how, how many corners on the field? Let them Let them beat you that way. I don't know. It's just – it was just something that I that I thought about in terms of uh, this is all going to be depending on how free agency goes as well. Um, you know, Malcolm Jenkins wants a higher contract, and we're going to touch base on this soon. We're not trying to dig into the free agency too much at this moment no. because we're still you know, we have our NFC AFC championship games tomorrow. So digging into free agency is going to occur very soon. You know, on this podcast, but for right now, you know, we we're just we're discussing. You know, the very important pivotal moment right now is. Um, is is these coaching hires and 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 what 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 coaching schemes we're going to bring into this organization? Yeah, yeah. So definitely do Staley for OC. Um, that's my number one. Um, I don't want Harold here. Um, I agree with you on that. He, he runs the air raid offense, and just for anybody that casually uh, watches football, the air raid offense is basically the spread system that the Green Bay Packers used a couple years back: five wide receivers, four wide receivers, and anybody could be your wide receiver meaning tight end, running back, 
I mean, hell, anybody. And they just put them on the line and they just do high low concepts, go routes, double moves, anything. And with that amount of with that amount of wide receivers on the field, it really strains the defense in terms of coverages, in terms of secondary, because literally you could just dink and dunk all the way down the field and then take a shot for 60 yards. So that would mean that what we've been telling Doug Peterson to do, he's not going to do if Harrell is hired, as in, i.e., run more. Um, and then you go and look at Birds Over Boys uh, Instagram page. I said we need a coordinator that's going to say no to Doug Peterson about that and start running the ball. Because if we do sign Jordan Howard, so just realize this, if we do sign Jordan Howard, we're going to have two running backs that are in their 20s that are just reaching their primes of their careers, just reaching their prime of their careers. Miles Sanders is going to be a little bit more. He's still learning, but Jordan Howard is just reaching his prime. Don't leave Boston Scott out of the situation either. Uh, that too. That too. Boston Scott. I know you're Boston. Boston freaking Scott, Scott. Yeah. I love Boston <laughs> Scott. I can't, um, I, 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 I can't let go of that guy. We're going to have third. Well, including with Cody, including with Boston Scott, we're going to have three running backs that have different sets of, of skills, different sets of, um, things that they do well that are going into their prime. And I would feel that it would be an incredible disservice to the team. And as well as just the strategy of the team, that if we get a guy that's just say, Hey, you know what? You passed 80% of the time last season. Let's go 95. Like let, let, let's not <laughs> like, I, I would love Harold as a wide receivers coach possibly, but he's not going to go. Well, this, team gonna might go have to, this team might have to rely on a run heavy offense. Considering considering how this free agency and this draft proceeds, this this is going to be a year where we might not have the wide receivers that are going to be as as healthy or as young, as strong, as developed. So this might be this might be the type of year where you know this is this is the run heavy offense, and I'm I'm happy with that. A run heavy offense eats up the the clock management management. You you run down the field, you wear down defenses. You know you can you can run up little trick plays when the time comes. I mean, a run heavy offense is a is a is a happy offense for me. Well, it, I, I'm run heavy and then tight end heavy offense. That's another thing. Like double, double of, tight end sets, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz. I love it. Yeah, in terms of too excited. In, t- <laughs> in terms of uh, positional positional strength here, I mean, if you think about it, quarterback is one of them, obviously, with Carson Wentz, and then running backs and tight ends. I mean, wide receivers are kind of like the the afterthought here. You so make you want to jump in? You make you want to jump into the free agent? We're leaning no, towards that right now, but we in. can't get in. We're not jumping in. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. So what what we're gonna jump into tomorrow, which is which is the big day? Where you know my my the most exciting day in all football besides the Super Bowl is the AFC and NFC championship games. I'll start off. I'll start off with, we have the underdog story continuing. You know, some people want to compare it. Some people want to compare it a little bit, a little bit to the Philadelphia Eagles in 2017. Yeah, Um, but let's be honest. We were way more talented. In a way, we were way more talented. We had a number one overall seed. We had home field advantage. Yes, we lost Carson Wentz. Yes, we lost Darren Sproles and other players across the board. Jason Peters, Jordan Hicks, yeah. Yeah, we, we lost players all across the board, but don't get me wrong. You know, amazing. That's that's our first Super Bowl ever. But you got a number six seed who marched into Foxborough, took down Tom Brady. You know, the six the six Super Bowl titled Patriots, Bill Belichick on the road in Foxborough. Not only did they take down that, I picked against them. I, I thought the Patriots had that. I'm wrong. I'm wrong. You know, we're always going to be wrong sometimes. Um, next week you go down and number one seed at Baltimore Ravens. I said no way. 
No way in hell this is possible. This Tennessee Titans take down the Baltimore Ravens on the road. What do you know? They somewhat on borderline, if you want to call it a blowout, they obliterated them on all sides. They did. Defensively, offensively. Derrick Henry went off. Unstoppable. Derrick Henry is is a beast. He threw for a touchdown pass, by the way. Unbelievable. I'm sure you saw that. That Mm -hmm. little... uh, he did a little Tim Tebow throw. A little hot pass. A little hot pass. I love seeing when I saw that. I literally I was live streaming the game. I lost my mind. Um yeah, they pulled out all he, rushed for, he rushed for 182 yards against the Patriots. And did did you think did you think he could get better? Not only did he rush for 182 yards against the Patriots, he goes for 195 yards against the Ravens. Yep. Uh, yep. Not only and, and not only that. Uh, he threw a touchdown pass. He scored several times. I mean, Derrick Henry is 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 unstoppable. It's, it's just he's he's relentless. He's he could he's one of the he's best he's one he's turning into one of the best best running backs I've ever seen. I told people when he was drafted by the Titans, give him time, give him time. All, all you have to do is give him time. And there was a funny thing, and I can't pull it up right now. But so there was uh the draft a few years back. If you remember, do you remember what year uh, Derrick Henry was drafted? I can look it up. Let me. There go. was a draft. So when Derrick Henry was drafted by the Titans, he, yeah, of course he was taken by the Titans. the The Lions chose a player, and and Ross is pulling it up right now at the moment. the <laughs> The Lions chose the worst player in the world. The first, the pick in front of them was Derrick Henry. The middle pick, which Ross is picking up right now, the pick after that was by the Saints, which was Michael Thomas. Twenty sixteen, yeah. Twenty the twenty sixteen NFL draft. Yep. So I, I don't remember the player off the top of my head. But the Lions got screwed over and made a terrible choice in that draft. They could have had Michael Thomas, and they most definitely could have had Derrick Henry. And it's, it, it was actually hilarious to see that. And I apologize. I can't pull up the name off the, uh, off the top of my head right now. But um, I'm looking so, for it right now. Hold on. What was uh, – What I'm getting to is that the, the, Titans, the Titans, I think, they're, they're going to be facing – a Chiefs team that is coming in hot. They're, they're coming in hot right now. They 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 came back from a twenty-four to nothing deficit against the Texans. They ended up winning that game fifty-one to thirty-one, and that was that was one of that was one of the greatest postseason games I've ever seen. Uh, to, to, to come back to come back in the fashion they did. You got the you got the name. Yeah, Ross? I got the name. So the Tennessee Titans picked uh, Derrick Henry in the second round with the forty-fifth pick, and then the Detroit Lions got A. Sean Robinson. A. Sean Robinson. I don't even know who that guy is. (laughs) New Orleans Saints got Michael Thomas. Now, if I'm the if I'm the Detroit Lions, I'm I'm just I'm burying my head in the dirt right (laughs) here. Yeah. Back to that Chiefs game last week. The Chiefs came back from a 24 to nothing deficit. I I I mean the whole the whole world wrote them off. That that was in the first quarter. You you were looking at a team that was about to lose 40 nothing. The final score was 51 31 Chiefs. Would you would you have ever believed that Mahomes went off? He threw for five touchdown passes. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey went off. Five I touchdown be- passes. I believed it. They, that they're the they highest. Were relentless. They were relentless on all sides of the ball. There was adjustments made, as you said earlier. The the the, the Texans ran. They ran too many run plays, and and they yeah, they went soft. They went soft. They didn't keep pounding the ball, and that's what. And then eventually, it just caught up to them, and and they just fell apart completely as a team. I mean, I mean Watson. Watson and, and that entire offense looked like they look scared out there. They did. I've never seen it so scared. And 
51. That's why I, I'm going to keep saying that score 51 to 31 after being down 24, nothing. You, you, you don't see that every day. Yeah. This wasn't a Titans team. This not a Titans team. This wasn't a Texans team that can go head to head in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes. And I said, when they were up by 24 points in the first quarter, don't let your foot off their neck and what they do, they go in the second quarter and into the third running more play, more run plays than they do pass plays. And that is the apparent O'Brien, uh, Bill O'Brien. I think his name is Bill O'Brien, the head coach of the mm-hmm. Texans. That's his, that's his strategy. He gets like 24, 25 points and then he tries to cruise. And I'm like, I would understand that if you did in the third quarter, but not in the freaking first quarter or this. My philosophy <sighs> and, I, and my philosophy, especially against and, the Chiefs. Unfortunately, it's it's the Panther slogan. I always say, "Keep pounding, just Ed, keep pounding the ball. Just just run up the score. Keep keep pounding the ball. Keep scoring. Don't let off the gas ever until there's until you're up by twenty points in the fourth quarter with three minutes left. Okay, there you go. You can let up a little bit. Yeah, you don't want any injuries to occur. That's the only case. You're up twenty four to nothing in the first quarter. You're going to give up that easily. Yeah, pathetic, pathetic yeah. coaching pathetic performance by the Texans in that game. They didn't deserve that. The Chiefs deserve that more, and that's why they're in the AFC Championship game right now. But given that, you got the Titans and the Chiefs. This is going to be a fun battle. The Titans are on their underdog story. The Chiefs um, the Chiefs are going to put up a fight. Andy Reid is the head coach, as you know, who's the head coach for the Philadelphia Eagles for many years, I believe about 13 seasons, if I'm not wrong. Right about their 13 seasons. Andy Reid has been to five NFC Championship games and one AFC Championship game, which was actually last year with the with the Chiefs as well. Only one time he's he's come out with a win. Yeah. In two thousand four. Yep, and that's the reason why. Only one time. That's and the reason why I'm with Cody, and I'm not picking the Chiefs to win. I love Andy Reid. I, I love him. He, he was my, he was my coach. You know, he's the only coach I really knew for the Eagles, and the only coach I knew growing up. You know, I'm not that old. I'm like 23 years old. He's only coach, but he was notorious for for choking in, in in the later in the most important games of the season. You come down the line, NFC Championship games. He lost three NFC Championship games in a row. He lost an NFC Championship game in 2008. The, the only the only last hoorah for Donovan McNabb. He, he he lost the Super Bowl in 2005 or the 2004 season. He lost the AFC Championship game last year. There, there's going to be a choke that occurs in this game. That is why I have the Titans winning 34 to the Chiefs 31 points. The Titans move on to the Super Bowl. Yep. And that's yep. my pick. And then the 49ers versus the Green Bay. A callback to the old school. Uh, really can can I give a little clap right now for for the Packers just for just taking out Seattle? I want I want to thank Green Bay <laughs> for giving them their all and taking down the Seattle Seahawks, and more importantly. Jadavion Clowney will be sitting on the couch just like us. Did you you watch that game fully, right? Fully. Did I was see, I was you see I was it, like an Eagles slash Packers fan for the day. Did you see how uh how 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 uh how badly they penalized Javada Jadavon Clowney? Did you see how much the referees had a had a like an eye on him? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> they were. Did you they, did you also? Yeah, I want to mention real quick before you get to your analysis and your pick of that game as well. Yeah. Did you also see that one play where Aaron Rodgers was running, and Jadavion Clowney looked like he was going to target his helmet for a second? Did you did you mm-hmm. catch that play? And yeah. it was so late and so blatant 
that he ended up not going for it, but you could tell in his eyes that he was about he to go do to. the dirty yeah. on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And if oh. that happened in Green Bay, I, I, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, if that Rodgers. happened in Green Bay, if that happened in Green Bay, they would have gotten a call and they would have gotten an ejection. Exactly. That's the thing. And that, that's just, that's, we're not going to go uh, into that. <laughs> you're, you're, getting, you're getting an emotional category. So Ross, you're going to take over for right here. Yep. So now no, we have tell to- me, tell me about the Packers versus the Niners. Hey, the Niners stomped all over the Niners stomped all over the Vikings. That, that Matt, that Tavon Coleman is, 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 a, is another freak of nature like yeah. Derek Henry. Yeah. Let's go. Uh, 49ers versus green Bay. It's a call back to the old school, the NFL. Um, Keys to the game, if 49ers want to win, is stopping Aaron Jones. You're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers, period. Uh, Aaron Jones, I don't know if you know about this, Cody, but he has the same amount of touchdowns as Christian McCaffrey does. I think it's 14 or 15 touchdowns. Um, The 49ers linebackers are pass coverage. They're, they're, They're very good at pass coverage. They're not the greatest at... Uh, stopping the run. Uh, for example, Quan Alexander has a pass rating of 56.4 when targeted. That is insane for a linebacker. Some de- defensive backs don't even have that amount of stat. So it's going to be up to defensive. He's a monster on the field. The defensive line is going to have to really focus on stopping the run. You're not going to stop Aaron Rodgers. You're not. So they're going to have to make – Aaron Rodgers throw the ball 40, 40 times, 35 times, 45 times in order to actually win. And even then, even then it's a little scary with the Packers because Aaron Rodgers can just fling that ball down the field and he's it's very, a miracle play. He's, he's very Breeze-esque. Like, you don't want him – and I forget the stat. I, I, I uh, read it on PFF, but there, there's no – he's good in every single category in terms of – passing attempts so if he passes and, and he has he has a stronger arm than breeze though like yeah. you said he is oh, breeze, God, yes. he has his, his arm is is, is is twice as strong as that well, i mean not twice why, as strong the reason why i say breeze-esque is because there's a lot of factors when you go and grade quarterbacks um and breeze and rogers are the two quarterbacks to where you don't minimize their passing attempts like between zero and 20 they have like a 89 percent pass rating between 20 and 30 they have an 88 percent pass rating between uh 35 and 45 and above it doesn't drop so it's like they don't have a drop in terms of passing attempts and they're the only two quarterbacks right now in the league that does that so you're not going to stop aaron Rodgers. that's that's my key um for the 49ers to win they're going to have to get at aaron Rodgers. they're going to have to rush him hard they're going to have to stop the run they're going to have to sack aaron Rodgers hardcore which is easier which is easier said than done um nick Boza. yeah for the packers (laughs) for the packers to win for the packers to win it's gonna be very difficult because they don't have the defense in order to stop the 49ers 49ers have a better tight end and george kittle they have a better wide receiver core they have a better they, they they have a better coach because Shanahan was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons um, when they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but they choked. But I give the heads up to the 49ers coach, even though I feel like this could be a very, very close game. I feel that the 49ers are going to come out of it 24-17. 49ers. I don't think. Green, yep. I don't think the I don't think Green Bay is going to be able to overcome the fact that the D line that they 
if they the 49ers do stop the run, it's going to be all on Aaron Rodgers. And I can see him pulling that out, but I can feel just by the fact of the coach being new and Matt LaFleur, I, I feel like he's going to, the pressure is going to be on him. The pressure is going to be on him to, to succeed in terms of if the 49ers stop Aaron Jones and it's all on Aaron Rodgers again, like six years ago or four years ago or whatever, is Matt LaFleur going to actually come up and win? You also, game? I want to point out too, is that the Packers, the Packers lost to the Chargers. They lost to the Eagles early in the season. You know, hats, hats off to the Eagles for that one, but and we stopped the Packers up the run that the Packers had a little bit of a breeze. Yes, they did lock up to that. Yeah, that, they that, uh, yeah that's a little bit of a breeze. You know, you had a Seattle Seahawks team that lost by that only won by eight points to the Eagles, and and they go they go on the road to Green Bay, and I, I think that's just a, I think that's a little bit of a breeze to the NFC Championship game. You take on already a weak Seattle Seahawks team that could barely take down the Eagles, and then you're already in the NFC Championship game. I see a 49ers team that. It, it'll be a closer game than what I would I would originally believe it to be. That's why I have the Niners winning 28, Packers 20, and an eight-point victory by the Niners. It, I, I, and we have – that's going to lead to a, a Tennessee Titans-San Francisco 49ers Super Bowl. That's going to be nice. That's going to be, gonna be nice. a fun game. That, yep. that is going to be an awesome gonna- Super Bowl. If that if that plays out and we're both right, that's going to play into each into each team's weaknesses. By the way, 49ers don't really have a great linebacker crew that can stop the run, and then their defensive line is more geared toward the pass. But the Tennessee Titans don't really pass the ball a lot, but they run a lot. So it's going to be very interesting to see in terms of the strategy if they actually all pull it out and they do. A big, it a big, key, to the, a big key to the Tennessee Titans taking taking these victories, you know, and you know, ended up with their very first Super Bowl is Ryan Tannehill needs to do everything in his power to not to not hurt the, hurt the team, not yeah. hurt the team exactly. He needs to do everything in his power to not turn over the ball. To not not make mistakes, you know, not fumble, not 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 throw an interception. He needs to do everything in his power just to to manage the team, hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, make your throws when you need to. Don't make mistakes, and and, and you'll have a happy Tennessee Titans team. Now, in the same breath, don't be too don't don't be too uh, 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 comfortable or too safe. Like if you have if you have a ball down the field, chuck that thing. See if you can get a touchdown. Like, don't be too, too safe. But do not force anything in the same sense. Yeah, don't. No, God, no. Because if you if you give the 49ers even a breath of life, and and I gotta and I gotta uh, give a hand a round of applause for Shanahan in terms of the 49ers head coach. Um, when they get a chance, and when they're behind, and they haven't been behind many times, but when they get a chance, and the other team makes a mistake they capitalize on it and they capitalize on it quick. And I think it's because of the simple fact that number one, Shanahan is a been in the Super Bowl. He knows how the playoffs work. And then they have Richard Sherman in the backfield. He knows how the playoffs work, obviously Super Bowl champion, but yeah, that's going to be an interesting little matchup. And I'm definitely, whoever wins these games, this is, this is going to, this is This is going to play out to be an amazing Super Bowl for once. You don't have the Patriots in it, which I'm so happy about. You don't have the Patriots in it, and you always have that competitive NFC that always has some some new team sneaking in there every single year. Which, which this is why I love the NFC. Yep, and, and I have think, the under you have the underdog story with the Titans. I think we should. Uh, I think if we can do it, Cody, I think we should try to do a live stream 
with me and you and watching the Super Bowl. What do you think about that? That'd be a great idea. We could do that. Yeah, that'd be dope. All right, guys. So we're on the same page, Ross and I. We have the Titans and the Niners in the Super Bowl. And we didn't talk about this before, just so you guys know. (laughs) (laughs) This is... If we disagree, we disagree. We tend to agree on a lot of objects, a lot of a lot of different situations, the the coaching matchups. Apparently, Ross now wants to go with with uh, Deuce Staley as offensive coordinator. I'm sure I had some influence. No, in that. you didn't. No, you did not. Actually, <laughs> my own research. No, you did not. Don't lie to the fans. Come on now. Don't do that. Guys, guys, I am Birds Over Boys. Uh, my name is Cody. I want to thank you guys for streaming in. Ross, say your goodbye notes. Adios, go birds always, and uh, good luck, guys.